Chapter One, Part Ten of Memoirs of Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Memoirs of Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds by Charles Mackay. Volume 2. Chapter 1. The Crusades. Part 10. Fuller, in his quaint history of the Holy War, says that this crusade was done by the instinct of the devil, and he adds a reason which may provoke mirth now but which was put forth by the worthy historian in all soberness and sincerity he says quote, the devil being cloyed with the murdering of men desired a cordial of children's blood to comfort his weak stomach End quote. as epicures when tired of mutton resort to lamb for a change it appears from other authors that the preaching of the vile monks had such an effect upon these deluded children that they ran about the country exclaiming quote, o lord jesus restore thy cross to us End quote. and that neither bolts nor bars the fear of fathers nor the love of mothers was sufficient to restrain them from journeying to jerusalem the details of these strange proceedings are exceedingly meagre and confused and none of the contemporary writers who mention the subject have thought it worth while to state the names of the monks who originated the scheme or the fate they met for their wickedness two merchants of marseilles who were to have shared in the profits were it is said brought to justice for some other crime and suffered death but we are not informed whether they divulged any circumstances relating to this matter Pope Innocent Third does not seem to have been aware that the causes of this juvenile crusade were such as have been stated, for, upon being informed that numbers of them had taken the cross and were marching to the Holy Land, he exclaimed, quote, These children are awake while we sleep. End quote. He imagined, apparently, that the mind of Europe was still bent on the recovery of Palestine and that the zeal of these children implied a sort of reproach upon his own lukewarmness very soon afterwards he bestirred himself with more activity and sent an encyclical letter to the clergy of christendom urging them to preach a new crusade as usual a number of adventurous nobles who had nothing else to do enrolled themselves with their retainers at a council of lateran which was held while these bands were collecting innocent announced that he himself would take the cross and lead the armies of christ to the defence of his sepulchre in all probability he would have done so for he was zealous enough but death stepped in and destroyed his project ere it was ripe his successor encouraged the crusade though he refused to accompany it and the armament continued in france england and germany 
no leaders of any importance joined it from the former countries andrew king of hungary was the only monarch who had leisure or inclination to leave his dominions the dukes of austria and bavaria joined him with a considerable army of germans and marching to spalatro took ship for cyprus and from thence to acre the whole conduct of the king of hungary was marked by pusillanimity and irresolution he found himself in the holy land at the head of a very efficient army the saracens were taken by a surprise and were for some weeks unprepared to offer any resistance to his arms he defeated the first body sent to oppose him and marched towards mount tabor with the intention of seizing upon an important fortress which the saracens had recently constructed he arrived without impediment at the mount and might have easily taken it but a sudden fit of cowardice came over him and he returned to acre without striking a blow he very soon afterwards abandoned the enterprise altogether and returned to his own country tardy reinforcements arrived at intervals from europe and the duke of austria now the chief leader of the expedition had still sufficient forces at his command to trouble the saracens very seriously it was resolved by him in council with the other chiefs that the whole energy of the crusade should be directed upon egypt the seat of the saracen power in its relationship to palestine and from whence were drawn the continual levies that were brought against them by the sultan damietta which commanded the river nile and was one of the most important cities of egypt was chosen as the first point of attack the siege was forthwith commenced and carried on with considerable energy until the crusaders gained possession of a tower which projected into the middle of the stream and was looked upon as the very key of the city while congratulating themselves upon this success and wasting in revelry the time which should have been employed in turning it to further advantage they received the news of the death of the wise sultan safadin his two sons kamel and koregin divided his empire between them syria and palestine fell to the share of koregin while egypt was consigned to the other brother who had for some time exercised the functions of lieutenant of that country being unpopular among the egyptians they revolted against him giving the crusaders a finer opportunity for making a conquest than they had ever enjoyed before but quarrelsome and licentious as they had been from time immemorial they did not see that the favorable moment had come or seeing could not profit by it while they were reveling or fighting among themselves under the walls of damietta the revolt was suppressed and kamel firmly established on the throne of egypt in conjunction with his brother koedrin his next care was to drive the christians from damietta and for upwards of three months they bent all their efforts to throw in supplies to the besieged or draw on the besiegers to a general engagement in neither were they successful and the famine in damietta became so dreadful that vermin of every description were thought luxuries and sold for exorbitant prices a dead dog became more valuable than a live ox in time of prosperity unwholesome food brought on disease 
and the city could hold out no longer for absolute want of men to defend the walls caredrin and camel were alike interested in the preservation of so important a position and convinced of the certain fate of the city they opened a conference with the crusading chiefs offering to yield the whole of palestine to the christians upon the sole condition of the evacuation of egypt with a blindness and a wrong-headedness almost incredible these advantageous terms were refused chiefly through the persuasion of cardinal pelagius an ignorant and obstinate fanatic who urged upon the duke of austria and the french and english leaders that infidels never kept their word that their offers were deceptive and merely intended to betray the conferences were brought to an abrupt termination by the crusaders and a last attack made upon the walls of damietta the besieged made but slight resistance for they had no hope and the christians entered the city and found out of seventy thousand people but three thousand remaining so fearful had been the ravages of the twin fiends plague and famine several months were spent in damietta the climate either weakened the frames or obscured the understandings of the christians for after their conquest they lost all energy and abandoned themselves more unscrupulously than ever to riot and debauchery john of brienne who by right of his wife was the nominal sovereign of jerusalem was so disgusted with the pusillanimity arrogance and dissensions of the chiefs that he withdrew entirely from them and retired to acre large bodies also returned to europe and cardinal pelagius was left at liberty to blast the whole enterprise whenever it pleased him he managed to conciliate john of brienne and marched forward with these combined forces to attack cairo it was only when he had approached within a few hours march of that city that he discovered the inadequacy of his army he turned back immediately but the nile had risen since his departure the sluices were opened and there was no means of reaching damietta in this strait he sued for the peace he had formerly spurned and happily for himself found the generous brothers camel and coredrin still willing to grant it damietta was soon afterwards given up and the cardinal returned to europe john of brienne retired to acre to mourn the loss of his kingdom embittered against the folly of his pretended friends who had ruined where they should have aided him and thus ended the sixth crusade the seventh was more successful frederick the second emperor of germany had often vowed to lead his armies to the defence of palestine but was as often deterred from the journey by matters of more pressing importance coregin was a mild and enlightened monarch and the christians of syria enjoyed repose and toleration under his rule but john of brienne was not willing to lose his kingdom without an effort and the popes in europe were ever willing to embroil the nations for the sake of extending their own power no monarch of that age was capable of rendering more effective assistance than frederick of germany to inspire him with more zeal it was proposed that he should wed the young princess violante daughter of john of brienne and heiress of the kingdom of jerusalem frederick consented with joy and eagerness the princess was brought from acre to rome without delay and her marriage celebrated on a scale of great magnificence 
her father john of brienne abdicated all his rights in favor of his son-in-law and jerusalem had once more a king who had not only the will but the power to enforce his claims preparations for the new crusade were immediately commenced and in the course of six months the emperor was at the head of a well-disciplined army of sixty thousand men matthew paris informs us that an army of the same amount was gathered in england and most of the writers upon the crusades adopt his statement when john of brienne was in england before his daughter's marriage with the emperor was thought of praying for the aid of henry the third and his nobles to recover his lost kingdom he did not meet with much encouragement grafton in his chronicle says quote, he departed again without any great comfort end quote but when a man of more influence in european politics appeared upon the scene the english nobles were as ready to sacrifice themselves in the cause as they had been in the time of cor de leon the army of frederick encamped at brundusium but a pestilential disease having made its appearance among them their departure was delayed for several months in the meantime the empress violante died in childbed john of brienne who had already repented of his abdication and was besides incensed against frederick for many acts of neglect and insult no sooner saw the only tie which bound them severed by the death of his daughter than he began to bestir himself and to make interest with the pope to undo what he had done and regain the honorary crown he had renounced pope gregory the ninth a man of a proud unconciliating and revengeful character owed the emperor a grudge for many an act of disobedience to his authority and encouraged the overtures of john of brienne more than he should have done frederick however despised them both and as soon as his army was convalescent set sail for acre he had not been many days at sea when he was himself attacked with a malady and obliged to return to otranto the nearest port gregory who had by this time decided in the interest of john of brienne excommunicated the emperor for returning from so holy an expedition on any pretext whatever frederick at first treated the excommunication with supreme contempt but when he got well he gave his holiness to understand that he was not to be outraged with impunity and sent some of his troops to ravage the papal territories this however only made the matter worse and gregory dispatched messengers to palestine forbidding the faithful under severe pains and penalties to hold any intercourse with the excommunicated emperor thus between them both the scheme which they had so much at heart bade fair to be as effectually ruined as even the saracens could have wished frederick still continued his zeal in the crusade for he was now king of jerusalem and fought for himself and not for christendom or its representative pope gregory hearing that john of brienne was preparing to leave europe he lost no time in taking his own departure and arrived safely at acre it was here that he first experienced the evil effects of excommunication the christians of palestine refused to aid him in any way and looked with distrust if not abhorrence upon him the templars hospitallers and other knights shared at first the general feeling but they were not men to yield a blind obedience to a distant potentate especially when it compromised their own interests 
when therefore frederick prepared to march upon jerusalem without them they joined his banners to a man it is said that previous to quitting europe the german emperor had commenced a negotiation with the sultan kamel for the restoration of the holy land and that kamel who was jealous of the ambition of his brother Cloredrin, was willing to stipulate that effect on condition of being secured by frederick in the possession of the more important territory of egypt but before the crusaders reached palestine kamel was relieved from all fears by the death of his brother he nevertheless did not think it worth while to contest with the crusaders the barren corner of the earth which had already been dyed with so much christian and saracen blood and proposed a truce of three years only stipulating in addition that the moslems should be allowed to worship freely in the temple of jerusalem this happy termination did not satisfy the bigoted christians of palestine the tolerance they sought for themselves they were not willing to extend to others and they complained bitterly of the privilege of free worship allowed to their opponents unmerited good fortune had made them insolent and they contested the right of the emperor to become a party to any treaty as long as he remained under the ecclesiastical ban frederick was disgusted with his new subjects but as the templars and hospitallers remained true to him he marched to jerusalem to be crowned all the churches were shut against him and he could not even find a priest to officiate at his coronation he had despised the papal authority too long to quail at it now when it was so unjustifiably exerted and as there was nobody to crown him he very wisely crowned himself he took the royal diadem from the altar with his own hands and boldly and proudly placed it on his brow no shouts of an applauding populace made the welkin ring no hymns of praise and triumph resounded from the ministers of religion but a thousand swords started from their scabbards to testify that their owners would defend the new monarch to the death it was hardly to be expected that he would renounce for any long period the dominion of his native land for the uneasy crown and barren soil of palestine he had seen quite enough of his new subjects before he was six months among them and more important interests called him home john of brienne openly leagued with pope gregory against him was actually employed in ravaging his territories at the head of a papal army this intelligence decided his return as a preliminary step he made those who had condemned his authority feel to their sorrow that he was their master he then set sail loaded with the curses of palestine and thus ended the seventh crusade which in spite of every obstacle and disadvantage had been productive of more real service to the holy land than any that had gone before a result solely attributable to the bravery of frederick and the generosity of the sultan kamel end of chapter one part ten recording by greg giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida